You're listening to the Hui Kala Baptist Church Podcast coming to you from the heart of Honolulu. Hui Kala is a committed family of faith that loves Jesus and loves one another. Grab your Bible and prepare for preaching from the Word of God from Pastor Anthony King. Bible turn to the book of Acts chapter 17, if you will. We're going to be uh, brief tonight, uh, but I do want to talk about the importance of hospitality, why we do what we do. Why do we have home fellowships three or four times a year? Why is it important that we get together with other Christians and have coffee or have folks in our homes or grill burgers uh, with some folks and uh, have them in our home? Why are things like that important? Uh, they're important because they're, they're biblical, uh, and hospitality is a biblical concept, and we're going to take a look at uh, why it is so important tonight from Acts chapter number 18. Acts 18, we find the formation of the church at Corinth, uh, the church that Paul would go on to write at least four letters that we know of, two of which we have in Scripture, uh, to the church at Corinth. Here's the formation of it. Here's how the church got started uh, in Acts chapter 18. Uh, Paul came to the city of Corinth, uh, partnered with two folks, Priscilla and Aquila, and began the church at at Corinth there. We kind of find that story here in the book of Acts chapter number 18. Uh, We're really going to focus on verses 7 and 8, but we'll read the, the, uh, starting at the beginning for sake of context. Acts chapter 18, starting verse number one, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, and his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and Greeks. So here we find verse four, Paul going into the synagogue and preaching. Now, mind you, he's preaching to Jews who have rejected Christ as the Messiah, but he's going into the synagogue and claiming Christ as Messiah. Uh, He's going there and preaching the gospel, as we would say. Verse number uh, uh, five. When Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Verse six, and they that opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed thence, uh, verse seven, eight, where we're gonna spend our time tonight. Departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshiped God, whose house was joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Uh, The word hospitality not used in this passage of scripture, but when we find the word hospitality in the Bible, the Greek word for that is the Greek word xenophilia, and that word literally means to make a stranger your brother. And so the idea of hospitality is inviting people into our home and making them feel like family even though they're not part of our family. Uh, I think Huikala does a great job of making first-time guests feel at home. I always tell people who we call is one of the easiest church families in the world to break into. All you gotta do is keep showing up and, and just be nice and you'll automatically become part of the family. But this idea of hospitality, inviting people in and taking a stranger and making them our brother is the idea behind hospitality. As we look at some truths from this passage of scripture, first of all, uh, we see in verse number seven, a man by the name of Justice, uh, whose house was directly connected to the synagogue, but he was a Christian. He opened up his house and allowed people to gather there. It's important for us to understand that our homes were given to us to use for God's glory. If you have a home, you have a place where you lay your head. Maybe it's not yours. Maybe you rent. Uh, Maybe you, uh, it's it's small, uh, like most places in Hawaii are. That's fine. It was given to you by God to use for his glory. 
Every gift from God is a stewardship. Everything that has been placed in our hands is placed in our hands to be managed by God. The book of James says every good and every perfect gift cometh down from above. Every good thing you have in your life was given to you by God to use for his glory. One of the great ways that you can use your home is to use it as for fellowship with other believers. Here a man by the name of Justice opened up his home and invited other people into his home to engage in fellowship together and talk about uh, the things of God and to discuss their Christian faith. Uh, The Bible goes on and even delineates for us the fact that Justice was a believer. He worshiped God, which was unique because again, most of the Jews in that area at that time did not. And as, he, as Paul went to the synagogue, verse six tells us that these people blasphemed God and wanted nothing to do with the gospel. But here, uh, a believer had opened up his home for fellowship with other believers. But one of the things that we sometimes miss out on as Christians is it's good that you have Christian friends. You wanna be sharpened and encouraged by Christian friends. You wanna spend the bulk of your time being influenced by Christian friends. We also need to use our home for outreach to non-believers. I had a, uh, a guy come to me uh, several years ago where our church was just getting started, and he said, uh, Pastor, I want to invite my coworker over. He said, but my coworker uh, is not saved, and he's lived a pretty rough life. Is it okay if I have him over to my house? <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> this is what we as Christians do. Uh, we invite unbelievers into our home to share Christ with them. And one of the greatest opportunities you have for evangelism is to have people in your home. Uh, some people have never been in a Christian home before. Uh, they've never been in a home where people pray before the meal. They've never been in a home where maybe there's scripture verses on the wall or maybe uh, a Bible sitting on the coffee table. They've never been around that before. It's a great opportunity to be able to, uh, to witness to unbelievers just by having them in our home. Here we see many people were invited into Justice's homes and some of them weren't believers. Next we see the hospitality develops and deepens a sense of community. One of the things that I love about Hui Kala is that it's a family. It's a, it's a group of people that don't really fit together, that fit together because of Jesus. And hospitality helps us to deepen a sense of community. If the only time we gather together is once a week on Sunday mornings, we don't really have a lot of community. Uh, here at Hui Kala, we've got something going on just about every day of the week. Uh, we have uh, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night services. We have our currently Tuesday night. We have Financial Peace University. Wednesday night, we have our Bible studies. Tuesday night on the Wimbledon side, we have a connect group that takes place out there. Uh, uh, f- uh, Wednesday night, we have our connect groups here. Uh, Friday night, we have a singles Bible study. Saturday, we have outreach. Uh, and then Sunday, we do it all over again. Some folks come to just about every single one of those, and they're gathering together three or four times a week with other believers. That helps us to strengthen community. Sometimes folks have left our church and they say, well, I just feel like I I had a hard time connecting there. You had a hard time connecting because you came once a month and you came 15 minutes late and left 20 minutes early. It's hard to connect with people that way just one time a week. And so uh, for us as Christians, we build our life around Jesus Christ. Uh, We build our life with deep roots down into his church. And one of the ways that we uh, further deepen our roots is through hospitality. You see, the Christian life is all about relationships. As we read through the book of Acts, we see it's all about these people that gather together and deepen community and worship Jesus together and have what we know now as the church. And the Christian life is all about these types of relationships. The local church is all about a family. Again, it's more than just a building where we come and sing songs and go home. It's a group of people who have committed to living life together, to leaning on one another, to bearing one another's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ, the Bible says. That's what the church is, and it's all about relationships. Sometimes people say, well, this church has the longest handshaking time of any church in America. To that I say, thank you. Uh, That's a compliment. Uh, Because here's the thing about it. 
if we just shake hands with a couple of people that sit around us every week, we only get to know a couple of people every week. But family spends time together. And most people, whenever we dismiss, they, they head out to the car, maybe they'll stop and grab a cookie, maybe they'll stop and fill up their coffee and then they're gone. Hey, we need to pull over sometimes and just spend time getting to know each other. Hey, how's your week? How can I pray for you this week? Hey, we should get together and grab coffee this week. Hey, I'd love to grab dinner this week and hear your story. Hey, why don't you come over? I, I got some, some burgers in the fridge from Costco. We need to get on the grill this week. Why don't you come over and we'll grill those burgers together? We need that. I need that. You need that. We need Christian fellowship and hospitality stokes that fire. Hospitality opens the hearts of the unsaved to the gospel. One of the best things that you can do is invite an unsafe coworker over to your home. And sometimes people say, well, well, Pastor, I've got a really small place. Then invite a few people. Uh, Angela and I, when we had, were, were first starting out in ministry together, we had an incredibly small apartment. It was uh, um, probably about 700 square feet or so. It was a two-bedroom. Uh, we had uh, uh, two kids at the time, and it was tight. I mean, tight. Uh, like, no more than two people were allowed in the kitchen at a time because it got crazy. Uh, we have to, to lather each other up with, like, vegetable oil to get past each other in the kitchen. Uh, it was tight. But you know what we did? We would have people over to our house. And here's the other thing. We were broke, too. We were, we were broke as broke can be. And so you know what we would do? Uh, Angela would make Kool-Aid, and we would pop popcorn, and we'd have people over to our house. And our house wasn't much. We, we couldn't pop pop. That's what I'm talking about right there. My man. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of room. But we just had people over. And here's the thing. We couldn't have a lot of people over. We could invite maybe four people over, because after that, uh, it was going to get really, really tight in there. But you know what? We just did what we could do with what we had. Nobody's asking you to put steaks on the grill and cook filet mignon and a, a six-course meal. Uh, hey, grab, grab, uh, grab some popcorn. Uh, grab some, tonight's we're having chips and salsa. You know, most people would come to this and they'd be like, well, I'm still hungry. All we have is chips and salsa. The point, <laughs> this is not a buffet to feed you tonight, okay? <laughs> Good grief. The whole purpose here is getting together with church family. Uh, I'm so thankful that seven, seven of our church families have opened up their home. They, so we want to host people uh, and tonight. But hospitality opens up the heart of the unsaved to the gospel. Here we see in verse number uh, eight, a man by the name of Crispus. He was the chief ruler of the synagogue. Think of him as like, uh, if there was equating a pastor and a church role, he would be the, the pastoral role of the synagogue. And he was not a believer, he was a Jew. He rejected Christ as the Messiah. But he, he got invited over to Justice's house, and he was rubbing shoulders with all the other Christians. And verse 8 says, he believed on the Lord with all of his house. He got saved, and his family got saved as a result of it. You see, having people in our home gives us a chance to show people the love of Jesus. If you read through the Gospels and you read the story of Jesus, Jesus spent a lot of time speaking. We'll find him on a hillside uh, sharing truth. We'll find him, see, find him out in the middle of a lake in a boat preaching. Uh, we'll find him uh, walking through town healing people. But you know another place where we find Jesus sitting and having a meal with people? It would have been easy for him to just go off by himself and eat by himself. I like to do that sometimes, just kind of go and sit and get my stuff and nobody bothers me to sit down and eat in peace and quiet. Having kids doesn't afford you that luxury sometimes. Uh, but sometimes it's good to just sit down and eat in peace and quiet. But you know what Jesus did? He invited people in to sit with him. He saw people in their homes and he wanted to join in with them. Here's the other thing. Jesus didn't have a home himself, but he found places and he found ways to spend time with people to make them feel loved. Having people in our home gives us the chance to be transparent. You're never more comfortable than you are in your own home. 
Uh, I do things and say things in my own living room that I wouldn't do anywhere else. Uh, I'm, I'm comfortable. I, I can take off my shoes. I can kick my feet up. I can be at home. And when I invite another person to sit on my couch with me, or, or in our home, we have a massively oversized leather chair that is known as the man chair. Um, and it is for me, if you can guess. Uh, but uh, my dog takes it over sometimes. My girls take it over. So, but it's effectively known as the man chair. When I have someone into my home and they sit in the man chair, that's a special place for them to be able to sit because they're sitting in my chair, my place. And you know what? That's okay because when they're in our home, they're family. And it gives us a chance to just be transparent, to be real. Hey, we're not perfect. We don't have it all together, but we invite you in to be a part of what we have. Final thought here this morning, hospitality creates a non-threatening environment for ministry. Verse number eight here, we find Crispus, who would have at the time been an enemy of the gospel and an enemy of Christianity, willingly going to Justice's house, knowing that he was a Christian more than likely, knowing that Paul might be there with Justice. All these other believers were gonna be there. But hey, it's not like we're going to a church service. We're just going over to Justice's house. It's not that big of a deal. And his house is connected to the synagogue anyways, so it's okay. You see, we invite people into our home. We can minister to them in a non-threatening environment. You see, some people that would never come to a church service might actually come to your home. Hey, I've been inviting Joe to church for the last three years. Man, I cannot get him to come to church. You invited Joe to your house yet? Hey, Joe, I I picked up some steaks at the store. I'd love to put some on this weekend. If you can can make it, I'd love to have you on Friday night. Just come over and, and grill some steaks. Hey, tell you what, uh, let's throw some burgers on the grill, then we're gonna drive to Waikiki and watch the, uh, the fireworks at 7.45, uh, and then we'll go afterwards and grab some ice cream. How about that, Joe? Hey, Joe might never make it to church, but you can minister to Joe. You can share your faith. You can show the love of Jesus. It doesn't have to be in a church service. Did you know that you can share the gospel with someone at home just as well as you can share the gospel with somebody at church? Somebody could get saved in your home the same way that they could get saved at church. And I praise God for every time someone's gotten saved in our living room in our house. Every time somebody's been invited over for a meal and trusted Christ, you say, you're going to praise God for that. But it starts with hospitality. Uh, Angela and I one time had met a, uh, a pastor and he and his wife had invited us over to their house. And uh, we began to drive through the neighborhood, very nice neighborhood. I was like, wow, this is nice. We pull up to their house, gorgeous house. Probably, I would say 4,000 square foot house, Huge. You walk out the, the back door of their house and they had this, you couldn't tell, it was, it was so um, elaborate. You couldn't tell if you were inside or outside still, but it looked like an indoor swimming pool because they had all this greenery that was over there and they had a waterfall that was going into the, the pool. Uh, they had a hot tub over there. They had a big, huge kitchen, a big, long dining room table. And I, I was in awe of this beautiful home that this pastor had had. And if, if, if pastors have nice things, I, I don't begrudge them for that. The Bible says you don't desire to be rich. But if, if God blesses you, man, God bless you. And I said to him, I go, wow. I said, this is amazing. He said, man, God's been good to us. I said, praise God. I said, for us in our home in California, I said, we would cram like 70 people into our little bitty house. And I said, we would just have a blast. I go, how many people from your church can you fit in this house? And he goes, I don't know. What's the most people you've ever had before? He goes, none. He goes, people in my church don't even know where I live. I go, what? He goes, this is my house and it's off limits. And I almost, I can't imagine what the look on my face was. (laughs) 
I laughed because I was nervous. And I go, surely you don't mean that. And he goes, I give my blood, sweat, and tears to those people. I need a place where I can go that's just mine. And I said, okay, great. Needless to say, fast forward a couple years, guy's not pastoring anymore. You know why? Because that's not the heart of Christ. That's not even, you can't even say that's not the heart of a pastor. That's not the heart of a Christian. A Christian says, everything I have is a gift from God, and what I have is yours, and what's yours can be mine, if we so choose. One of the things I love about who we call about a church is it's a giving church. Anytime we have a special offering, uh, we could have a, a special offering for the Humane Society, and I think people would give, even though dogs have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Because we have a giving church. Some people want to disagree with that statement. <laughs> That's fine. We can talk about it later. We can talk about it later if you want. Dogs are mentioned in the Bible, but they're not in a positive sense as far as eternity is concerned. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that right there for a minute, okay? I was trying to say that you're a giving church. I was trying to compliment you, and then you turn it around on me, right? One of the things I love about who he calls we're a giving church. Um, we, have, we have people in this church that would give you the shirt off their back, literally. We have people in this church that if they knew that you didn't have a, a ride to work this week, would give you their car to use as long as you wanted it. We have people in our church that if they knew that you were struggling, they'd do anything under the sun to help you because that's the heart of Christ. The idea that this is mine and nobody touches it is the anti-Christ spirit because Christ willingly gave all that he had for all who needed it. So tonight, as we gather together for a time of fellowship and homes tonight, it's gonna be a great time tonight. I'm really excited about that. But as we do this, know this, you have seven people who have chosen to open up their homes to you because they love you and because they love Jesus. Uh, they love our church and they want us to grow deeper in our relationships. I hope tonight there'll be some people at the homes that you don't know, uh, that you can get to know, that you can see next week and go, oh, I remember hanging out at so-and-so's house uh, last time. I hope somebody brought some really super hot salsa uh, that's gonna burn somebody's tongue off. That would be awesome, right? Uh, but I hope more than that, we leave this, this fellowship tonight saying, God's good. I love my church family. I love being a part of something that's bigger than myself uh, because that's the idea of what we're doing tonight. And I wanna encourage you tonight, even if you're not hosting uh, folks in your home, invite somebody into your life in the next 30 days. Maybe have somebody over to your house. You say, my house isn't for hosting. Take somebody to McDonald's and just, just have a meal with them and, and get to know them, hear their story, share life with them, and, and minister to them. That's the, the picture of what we see here in the book of Acts.